Welcome to the Virtual Power Teams podcast, the number one podcast for working remotely and building powerful virtual teams. My name is Peter Ivanov, international keynote speaker and author of the book Virtual Power Teams, translated in six languages. Tune in every Tuesday for the very latest in virtual leadership or visit my website, peter-ivanov.com. To make the most of your team members' unique talents in a global remote virtual team. Or, in other words, how to use their strengths and natural talents when you're setting goals so the, the goals of the individual team members are aligned to their strengths and talents. I'm a big fan of uh, strengths-oriented management. As you probably know, I've been leading global teams 20 years. Uh, I was IT manager leading big projects, Initially, I was a jack for all trades. I was doing help desk and, you know, repairing hardware and doing programming on Microsoft Access many years ago. But then I was leading projects, small and then big and then international projects. Then I was leading the project delivery team for Europe for a big multinational. And in the end, I was head of IT services for Eastern Europe, Middle East and Africa. And uh, from all these experiences, leading large teams, 100 plus people in different uh, locations, in different continents, uh, in different time zones, all kinds of dimensions, even poor infrastructure in Central Africa, I've become a big fan on the strengths-orientated management, which would mean strengthening the strengths instead of developing the weaknesses. And there is a research on that. There is Gallup International Strengths Finder 2.0, which is a systematic approach with like 64 questions to discover your strengths, and then it gives you an action plan. How could you apply the strengths in your work and even in your life? Now, in my workshops, virtual power teams, I made it more pragmatic and I adapted it to the online delivery in a team setting. So I asked the people to list their top strengths. And for those of them who come with a list of 100 strengths, I explained that this is not a strengths competition, but we will be using it for additional roles and responsibilities. You know, when people hear additional, they would shout out and say, but we are already 150% overutilized. How additional? The trick is that if you discover the real strengths of a person, and he works in this area, he's not considering this a work any longer. He's not looking at the watch. He's uh, in flow, which is a state when you are fully focused, when you are um, in a highly productive mode. And therefore, this is not considered uh, work. So for those of them who come with this uh, big list, I divide them into the three groups, kind of distinguish between three groups of people. The first one are the ones that have a broader view. They understand the big picture. You know, they have a broad set of skills. So these so-called generalists, I'll give an extra task, additional kind of role to take care of particular stakeholder group. If your team is having external customer fa- uh, focus, they would take care of particular geography where your customers reside. If it's just internal, there would be a stakeholder group within the company that they will maintain the relationships. Every time there is a demand from this stakeholder group to the team, they will be the one, you know, to capture the demand, maintain the relationship and channel it within the team for delivery and make sure it's delivered and passed back. So they play this mini general manager role on top. And this is their strength. They love it. And this additional interaction, it fosters the gravity of the team and hence translates into performance. The first one were the generalists having the broad set of skills. The second one are the people who have a deep skills in particular area. So those so-called specialists or experts, I'll give an extra task to be a knowledge champion in this particular area. And every time there is a demand to the team in this particular area, 
and somebody works on it, before it goes out to the client or out of the department or the team, they would review it, provide improvement feedback, and this feedback gets integrated and then the product leaves uh, the team. So they feel appreciated for their expertise. And on the other hand, again, you have a meaningful interaction which fosters the gravity. And the third group of people, generalists, experts, are the people who have a great feeling about the team atmosphere and the team feeling. Those so-called team people will give an extra uh, role or task, for example, to take care of new team members' induction. You know, you probably have an HR department who has a checklist for new, you know, new employment induction. They would do it from their heart. So they will kind of embrace them, build their, be their body in the first months and ensure they, from day one, they are welcomed to the team. Or, for example, also give them a task to organize a team building. So they will check with the people what is, you know, the preferred option, what they would like to do and organize it like. Having this, you have, again, people working extra time in the, not extra time, that's not your purpose, but working in their strength area, having more joy at work and fostering the gravity and hence performance of the team. For those people who struggle to even start and list a single strength, there is a list of five magic questions, very simplified, which would give you as a result their natural strength and talent. And questions are like, what gives me joy at work? What is fun to do at work? What was your biggest success so far? Not just at work, but in life, in principle. What are people coming to you and asking you for help? If I ask your best friend, what is your biggest strength? What would he or she say? So these five questions that I listed are done in a peer coaching format. It is key that, you know, you don't do everything this as a manager because you would miss an opportunity for team building and bonding between your team members. Give it as a task. Put them in pairs. Works equally well live and also online in the breakout rooms. One is the coach asking the question. The other is the coachee. So when they finish one round, the coach is asking from everything you told me on these five questions, what do you think is your biggest strength? And he captures it, the internal view. And then he says, from everything I've heard, I think your biggest strength is this. So he captured this as well. So in the end, everyone ends up with two strengths at least. His internal view about his biggest strength and talent, and the external view. And then you put the strengths in a strengths matrix, and all of a sudden a new feeling emerging. Initially in the poor-led teams, because I'm a keynote speaker and I'm asking this question, people feel anonymous. They feel sometimes not appreciated, uh, feel lonely, and so on. For sure, they're in good teams, they have other kind of spectrum of emotions. But when you discover the natural strengths and talents, people already feel recognized and seen. They start feeling from anonymous to hero, bringing a particular skill set to the team. And then we put, after this exercise, we would put all the strengths and talent in a strength matrix. So everyone will have at least two strengths. And then a new feeling emerges. With this bouquet of skills, with this mix of skills, we could achieve any goal we set ourselves as a team. So even if you are, you know, thousands of miles apart doing this exercise, people start feeling like stars Everyone feels like a, like a star. And then with the bouquet of skills, you could achieve anything. Now, here you could gamify it a bit. I mean, we have a lot of kind of spices. We would, put, we would ask people to come up with an avatar, you know, a celebrity, a political figure, a business leader, even a movie character that has exemplifies their strengths and talents. And when we put that and put a, a picture as well, you know, people start feeling, even they remember and they kind of refer to their strengths with more pride and to the others and becomes, you just strengthen the feeling that we could achieve any goal we set to ourselves. Now, 
when you put people a little bit on the technology, because again, people now in, in, in the COVID-19 times say, you know, we, we cannot meet now. So, uh, and the managers sometimes go back to the kind of command and control mode, delegating, controlling, and so on, not an option and certainly not productive. I mean, you can still do it. It will cost you a lot of energy as a manager and the results will not be very promising. So I'll give you an extra tip how to use the technology in order to moderate such sessions. So if you put people to work in a breakout rooms, make sure you assign three pragmatic roles. The first role is the presenter. So before they start, whatever assignment you give them to discuss, debate, and come back, they decide who will present back. So this person is already preparing how we will pitch their outcome. Second role is note taker. Very critical. Somebody is digitally taking, minuting what they decide. Sometimes you do it in a whiteboard, people can contribute, but he's responsible to make sure their input, their decisions, their ideas and suggestions are documented digitally. So when they come back, he can share this with the team. Sometimes copy paste, put it in the chat or share it in a more visual instruction format. And the third role, the last one is a gatekeeper. So he's the one to measure the time because usually you send them, give them half an hour or 20 minutes. He would measure the time and he will make sure before the minute is over, he would call every one of the participants to contribute. Because some of them may just opt and stay and uh, not say a word. So he would make sure that contribution of everyone is, is there. Again, simple but pragmatic trip to make most of your online uh, sessions and of your subgroup and breakout group sessions. Just to, to show you that these things are simple, they are not rocket science, but they are effective. Let me share uh, one story of a client of, client of mine based in New York, and he's running MOOCs. I'm sure how many of you know MOOC stands for Massive Open Online Course. So he's uh, running a MOOC and he's teaching his online students six weeks for modern architecture. But in order not to be dry, they built actually not built, but designed resilient schools for Philippines. When the tsunami destroyed the infrastructure in the Philippines, the government decided to build the new schools in such a robust way so there will be schools in the normal times, but they will provide shelter in case of natural disaster. And with his videos recorded, six weeks he was giving them input, and each week they have to put a new elements to the design until in the end they have a, the robust school design. But what happened was that people were learning five weeks for free, and in the critical five weeks they are dropping out. Why for free? He was collecting uh, his money for the certificate in the end, when the people successfully completed the design and get a sign-off. He tried to collect the money up front, but only 2,000 people subscribed. And now we had an online coaching with uh, him and his team of 20 professors providing feedback with this huge amount of, of projects. And we divided the teams into groups of five, this big number of people. Not us, because it's a mammoth work to put them together. Self-organize, get together in a groups of five based on proximity, time zone, whatever principle. They get together in a groups of five. And then in this group, they presented themselves with their live journey. This is referring to my blog, How to Build Trust in Virtual Teams. So they were the effective uh, format of live journey presented. And then they had this picture, which is like a window to your soul picture that you identify with. And then they discovered their strengths based on these five questions that I shared. And then they didn't do uh, five individual projects, but they split the work based on their strengths and they're just doing one score. And when the critical week five came, they just couldn't let their teammates down. There was so much gravity gathering, you know, so much heart-to-heart -heart connection 
after the live journey and splitting them and working together, they just couldn't let their teammates down. So in the end, he had 27,000 out of this 30,000 people staying until the end and paying, which was a half a million US dollars revenue improvement with a simple trade. So just summarizing, use, discover the natural strengths and talents of the people. You don't need expensive and time-consuming questionnaires. You could do it the peer coaching format, and it is much more effective. You discover the strengths, but also you build bonding and rapport between your team members. Don't be shy of technology. Go ahead, use the breakout rooms, use the free roles that I mentioned, presenter, note taker, and gatekeeper. And in the end, you will have much more joy, people working in their strength area, much more gravity because they will refer to each other and it will all translate into performance. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Big virtual power hack from me. Peter Ivanov, and I wish you all the best building your own virtual power team. See you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's Virtual Power Teams podcast. Review and subscribe to get the latest episodes. And remember to pick up your copy of the book Power Teams Beyond Borders to create your own virtual power team. See you next week.